Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. This is our 22nd episode, and we're here in Brooklyn today. And Tom, you're going to tell us what's new and awesome? Yeah. Well, one new and awesome thing is we are now offering a portfolio review on the website. Uh, so if you want to get feedback on your images from the Switch to Manual guys, there's a couple different ways to do that. And so you can check out the website. Antonio, this was your idea. You might have a word or two to say about why someone might be interested in doing that. You know, I get often a lot of questions from people asking me about, you know, giving them some advice about the pictures they've taken. And I thought it was a good idea for us to maybe offer that as part of our switch to manual because yeah. right now it's so easy for people to share pictures and then, you know, us to look at them and then being able to respond to them directly. And, you know, we have Skype, we have recordings, we have screencasts. And so I thought, well, you know what, that would be kind of cool if somebody said, Hey, you know, can you give me some advice about this picture? So I thought, you know, adding that to our little repertoire of stuff that we do would be a good idea. But what I figured we'd do is we'd have several different levels of service. You know, people could request a certain amount of pictures and a certain amount of feedback. And uh, we would set up those as different schedules for people to try out. But we do have a, we have a free version we're going to set up so that people can try us out and see if, they're, if we're worthy <laughs> of giving yeah. feedback. But yeah. it's one of the things I used to do as a photo editor uh, when I worked at a photo agency was, you know, I would be looking photographers pictures and giving them direct feedback about what was going on and why a picture might be rejected and uh why it wouldn't go to you know go out into the uh, stock offices that we had and the photographers would find that invaluable because they'd be able to come back and reshoot it sometimes they couldn't reshoot the pictures uh -huh. um and it usually you know the thing is it wasn't based on personal opinions you know we had to sort of look at the pictures objectively if it mm -hmm. didn't fit certain criteria, then it wasn't really good to put into the stock system. And that's the way it is now with a lot of the stock agencies that are accepting pictures. So, um, yeah, figure, and it's a, go ahead. No, I was going to say, figure use, use some of that expertise to, to share with the world and, and have people take advantage of that from us. Yeah, it's a great experience just, you know, to have a fresh set of eyes, look at your work and, you know, see some things, point out some things that you might not notice and give some suggestions on what you might do differently, what seems to be working, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think one of the things we'll be offering is uh, how to actually process the pictures. So like people would bring in their pictures and say, well, what would you do with this? Uh -huh. Have us sort of record that and say, well, this is, this is what, how we would, would tackle this picture and post-production or something like that. And I guess the other thing we'd like to add on to would be um, little homework assignments, have people go out and redo a picture and then come back and, and show us what they did. So that's going to be up in our site. You know, actually, Tom, it's not quite ready yet since I'm the webmaster. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm working on it. But, okay. Uh, coming it be, soon. Yeah, it should be coming before the end of the month for sure. But people can check out the page. It's uh, switchtomanual.com slash portfolio. That might change too. But then you just go to our website. It's on our menu and check it out and sign up if you want to know when it actually starts. So it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Antonio, looking out the window, I'm noticing it's uh, it's a bit overcast where I am. And you're in a block away from me. I know. <laughs> but you, 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 said it, you said it was clearing. You have a better view than I do. Yeah. Well, I can see <laughs> to the east and I can see, uh, 
I actually see some blue sky out, but before we started, it was pouring out, but uh, it's still overcast. And, uh, you know, we were looking for a topic today, and, and I got a shout out for my friend Mo, who listens to us, and he suggested, probably he was looking out his window too, he said, what's it like to shoot in less than ideal weather conditions? And I thought that was a great topic, given what the weather is like today. Yeah. So and w- worldwide, if you watch the Weather Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's Cat- going to happen? Cat- when we- Catastrophic. So Catastrophic. This is, is going to gain in relevance over time. Yeah. I love this topic. And, you know, I, I think too often people look out the window on a rainy day and they say, oh, you know, it's not a good day to shoot because you think of photography as like going to the beach and, you know, nice day, nice day for shooting. When really overcast days are awesome for photography, um, you know, the light is oftentimes just a little more kind and gentle. The colors are going to pop more. So there's an uh, intensification of saturation of color. And it's one of those things that, you know, if you just happen to be out on a rainy day and you shoot, then maybe when you get home and you're looking at your images, you're like, wow, there's something really nice about these images. So it's, it's a little counterintuitive, but it's really a good thing to have in the forefront of your thinking when you're thinking about shooting, because um, I, I love cloudy days for shooting. If I could be the voice of the people for a second. Uh-huh. The first thought I have when going out in the rain is that I'm scared of getting my equipment, you know, wrecked. And yeah. so that might be the first hurdle to overcome when thinking about going out into less than ideal weather. Now it's summer now, so we're not, you know, we're not worried about snow and whatnot and cold. But I might think, well, you know, I don't want to go out in this thunderstorm because I'm going to get my camera wet and It's going to ruin it, and so forget it. I'm not going to take pictures. Yeah, and let me just jump in and say that's a very good fear. I almost (laughs) destroyed a camera because I just thought, oh, you know, what's a little water going to do? And and it nearly ruined it, but it it did bounce back. But you do have to take some precautions. Yes, of course. I I was was shooting with a guy last week in Greenwood, and he was telling me that he wrecked his— Sony camera because he was he was riding his bike and he had the Sony camera I think in a bag behind him and it was pouring and the the camera wasn't weather sealed and it was totally ruined Mm. so yeah that is a real fear but just like anything you can prepare for that I mean one of the things I did now I did this during the winter when it was snowing but I would certainly use this now is I went totally hobo on one of my cameras and I took a Ziploc bag, one of the small sandwich bags, but it was a freezer bag, so it was a slightly heavy duty one. Uh-huh. And I punched out a hole in the front of it uh, on the label side, because the Ziplocs have a label on one side and clear on the other. Yeah. I punched out a hole, and I was able to put my lens... I put the, ca- the camera fit perfectly in the bag, and I was able to put the lens through the hole. I made the hole slightly smaller than the lens, so I had to force the lens through, so it created a seal. Uh-huh. And then I put on a filter and then a lens hood on that, and I zipped it up, and I had a weather-sealed camera bag. Huh, nice. And because the back 
part of the bag was clear. I could see the LCD through it. I mean, this is one of the things we couldn't do with film so well because you had to create a little thing for the viewfinder. But now that you have an LCD screen that you can look at, I was able to shoot. Now, I was shooting in the snow. I'm not sure if this would be totally weatherproof for, you know, driving rain. But I wouldn't hesitate to bring something like that out into a mild rain and just make sure the lens didn't get wet. You know, I'd double check it now and then to make sure the thing, you know, water wasn't seeping in. Uh-huh. But it was very good for a casual, you know, it was very good for snow, as I recall, because snow wasn't, uh, it wasn't that wet, heavy snow. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it would be a fun thing to carry in the rain. I'm a little bit more of a risk taker when it comes to my equipment. Yeah, me too. But some precautions balanced with a little bit of risk, you know, that's that generally works out pretty well, I think. Yeah, well, you, t- you take the risk, you get the good, you get the good shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. The point is to be out in the elements, but just not to expose your camera to a driving rain without right. some kind of some kind of protection. I I like using an umbrella. You know, it can be a little cumbersome because you're using your hands to control the camera. So sometimes I'm like, you know, have the umbrella rod sort of like like a cell phone kind of between my shoulder and my head or something. But and then sometimes I'm just shooting one handed once I have the camera, you know, doing what I want it to do. And that seems to work really well. You know, the big umbrellas work great. The golf umbrellas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just uh again, when once you're out in in the in the elements, the lighting's kind of interesting, the umbrella's giving you the protection and it's fun. It's fun to see what you get. I one thing I like to do in inclement weather is just capture how other people are dealing with it. You know, especially in the city, you always see just crazy configurations of uh, people covering themselves in various things, <laughs> or or not, just running through the rain, putting plastic and, bags over their heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that and that can be fun. Just to kind of capture. Um, you know, it's kind of a. A newsy type, you you tend to see those images after a big storm of somebody kind of, you know, schlepping through a puddle or something. You know, those whole, those photographs of like, you know, masses of umbrellas, um, people with umbrellas walking down the streets, uh, like the pattern of umbrellas, even just, you know, single people with umbrellas and and the colors that are created sometimes with like, if you can catch a person underneath a very colorful umbrella, that is such a fun shot. Yeah, to get because the colors of the umbrella are diffusing more light onto them, and it just it creates a great possibility for a portrait. Absolutely. Also related to inclement weather, it's fun to be inside and just shoot the people going by. Then that way you're not worried about your camera, but when you're looking at the image, it's as if you were standing outside. Especially if you find a good place, say in the city with a big sidewalk facing window and you can be right pretty much right there on the street but totally protected and that i i love doing that especially when it's raining or snowing or whatever because people just tend to not be really paying attention they don't realize their pictures being taken but they're passing by within inches of you sometimes and and so that that can be really fun well that reminds me of the picture that i posted up for our last episode uh, when we're talking about was it the last episode, no, two episodes ago, when we were talking about style and uh-huh. how my street photography evolved in, over time. And there's one shot I have got of this guy standing in the rain, hailing a cab, yeah, with a cigar. And it was a pouring rain day on Fifth Avenue, and I was standing underneath a an awning or something like that, so I was totally protected. 
And I was just standing there and watching. You know, it was one of those showers that just started right away. Uh-huh. And this guy was standing in the rain with his cigar and his finger still in a suit trying to hail a cab. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I'm sorry, it was an absurd situation. But I was totally dry. And, you know, I could watch all this stuff happen while I was underneath the awning. And I was totally protected. And I got a lot of great shots. And I actually got, you know, it was one of those days when the, it got really dark, too. So the street lights started to come on and I was mm. and the lights from the stores were coming on and so I was it was almost like nighttime. Mm. And mm-hmm. just standing under this awning, I got these great shots. So finding that like one place to hang out that you're safe, you know, that you're protected from the environment, uh, and you can just scope out things as as they're passing in front of you. People with umbrellas, you know, trying to fight the wind and whatnot, crazy guys trying to hail cabs with cigars. Yeah, it underscores that notion of finding the right spot, especially in the city, because there's oftentimes you'll just by luck, happenstance, just as you're wandering, you'll realize, oh, from from right here or under under this awning or, you know, oftentimes there'll be some sort of alcove or outdoor patio type situation. And you might want to use a telephoto so you you're closer in to the subject, but uh, if you have a nice vantage point of, say, like a big, um, I'm thinking like Union Square comes to mind, but any kind of big expanse where you have lots of pedestrians coming and going, and then you get all the different colors of umbrellas and people without umbrellas getting wet and running and jumping through puddles and all of that. Um, and puddles puddles themselves can be really fun and, and beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know, going for reflections that might be the best case when it stops raining because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, if the rain's hitting the puddle, then you, you don't really get the reflections. You get the ripples in the water and stuff like that. But that also makes a really good image. But just after it rains and you have all these puddles around and like sticking your camera right there as close as you can to the puddle to have it reflect whatever else is in the, you know, above it makes yeah. for a great shot but as you were saying in the you know in the city one of the greatest things that happens in the city is after it rains and the streets are wet everything looks the lights the reflections in the in the cement um because of the wet pavement is fantastic especially at night like night rain shots are really really cool and it, of course everybody notices this when they when they film movies anytime they film a movie that's in a city they uh-huh. always wet down the streets yeah, it's way more attractive. It's way more attractive. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, you look at you look at films of New York. I think it's raining there all the time because the streets are always wet. Yeah, it's kind of absurd, actually. But yeah, well, it just it sort of saturates the entire world. Yeah, and it, what it does is it adds some dimension to the bottom part of the picture. Uh-huh. If there wasn't any reflections in the cement, you would just have this heavy black, dark gray area that was that wasn't very interesting. So having it wet actually adds some dimension to it. And helps yeah. add texture. I was going to say that when I photograph for the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, I would often pick overcast and rainy days to go there to shoot. You said at the beginning, because of the colors and the saturation, I always found that the garden looked sometimes at its best when it was in overcast conditions. Yeah. And that led to like when I would go there and shoot and I had to try to create tons of images for the options for the for the calendar they're shooting. So I had to come up with all sorts of different things to do there. And one of the things that was great to do, especially after a rain, was to try to focus up on really um, small details after it rained, like water drops on leaves and 
you know, dripping off of flower stems or something like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, that required me to use a macro lens because I wanted to get in really cl- close. But a lot of cameras these days have macro features built into them. Not the DSLRs necessarily, because usually you'd have to you have to get a macro lens with a DSLR. But a lot of the mirrorless cameras and single lens cameras that you can't interchange the lens. There's always a macro feature on those and you can find yourself getting really close with those and doing some great shots of water drops. And I like to shoot water drops in one of the things I like to do with them is to try to focus, like have a, see a water drop where there's something in the back, like something far away in the background. And so yeah. when you focus on the water drop, the water drops like a lens yeah. and you can then see the background subject through the water drop. Uh-huh. So the water drop is a little bit out of focus, but then you can see this background like, you know, if it's a lattice work or more flowers or something like that. So I like to do that a lot. But to me, landscapes look really nice when they're in overcast. Not everybody would agree with that, by the way. Some people would say, you know, shooting landscapes on overcast rainy days is not the best. I, I don't agree necessarily. And I'm, I'm guessing there's some places that are always overcast, like like Pacific Ireland. Pacific Northwest. Pacific yeah. Northwest. <laughs> Shout out to Bart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, of course, you know, it's a it's a also a taste and style thing and and sort of a, a moody thing, but I'm partial to the overcast days. You don't get that blown out and really dramatic contrast between bright lit up areas and direct sunlight and then the shadows and not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. That, that can be make for a nice issue, image as well, but there's just, yeah, there's something soft and gentle and inviting. Uh, yeah, and, and something, uh, maybe because rain is a natural thing. I, I was, it started to rain. I was walking outside earlier today, and I said to somebody walking next to me on the sidewalk, you know, here comes the rain. And I was saying it like, you know, it was it was a threat. You know, like, oh, we've got to protect ourselves from the rain or get home before it hits. And she said, yeah, it feels good. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I, you know, <laughs> I, I sometimes mention my hundred and three-year-old parishioner, soon to be 104, Tony, she says something like, the plants need the rain. So, you know, we, we tend to think of rain as the enemy, but really it's it's the friend of nature and the friend of photographers as well. Yeah, it's Pacific Northwest, sorry. When I went out there, I think my first, second time out there, we went to the rainforest, was it the Ho Rainforest? Is that how yeah. it is? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. H-O-H. And... I actually went there twice, and the first time I went there, I think it was sunny, and the pictures that I took there were meh. Uh-huh. They, they were just not good. And the second time I went there it was overcast, and then I realized that like overcast was some of the best weather for shooting inside a forest. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah, especially that with the old growth. Yeah, with all that uh, moss on the... the moss and beams of light then coming through. You yeah, know? if you get us, if you get sun creeping through, but even just like. You know, on an overcast gray day, it's just like a giant softbox and everything popped. Like you could see yeah. everything in the forest. Mm-hmm. I find that when it's sunny, you can't see everything because like yeah. you said before, there's like there's too many plays of shadows and stuff like that. And it doesn't quite read. I loved it in the uh, in the overcast. It was it was way more luscious or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. I've, I've spent a lot of time in that particular rainforest and I love it. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things to watch out for, I think, when you're shooting these landscapes is like you can, you can get a dramatic sky where you've got like low hanging clouds and, you know, it looks threatening and whatnot. But sometimes you can just get that white sky that, you know, is, again, like a giant softbox. 
Uh-huh. And there's not much you really can do with that other than try to keep maybe as much of it out of the picture as possible. I don't know what you do in those Well, yeah, those it depends. Cases. Depending on where you're shooting, and yeah. it, it might incline you to go to black and white, and then it might call something into more stark relief. But you do such amazing things in post production with clouds, Tony. That uh, you know, I. Well, uh, when there are clouds there, yeah, you have the, you can bring out the textures and stuff like that. But sometimes yeah. it's that, it, that that's when the clouds have that definition. But sometimes they're that uh-huh. flat. Yeah, that's like, hard to work with. They're way up there, and they're and I mean, again, you like you just said, it can be depending on the shot that you're taking. A white sky can be very dramatic and can be part of the picture. And even uh, in a black and white conversion, can be really stark and beautiful. Uh-huh. But it's something to pay attention to, right? Know, like, and and when there are clouds, this is one thing I've I've learned from you. Just some of my images, I didn't realize what I had in the sky until I started playing around in post production, and then all of a sudden the clouds can can really emerge so that's something to pay attention to as well because you shot raw files uh-huh. that and raw files actually this is one of the reasons why i always say shoot raw i still shoot raw by the way even when i'm producing jpegs i shoot raw <laughs> for, for these Good. reasons i'm a big fan of raw yeah well raw files can handle a lot of information in that high bright area uh-huh. That you can't necessarily see a through the back of your camera, or even when you start to post produce, you may not notice it. But there is a lot of information there. Right. The, the sensors are actually very sensitive in the light areas. We just don't know that. We everybody tends to underexpose a little because like, oh, it's too bright, and they see the blinkies in the back of their screen. It's like blinkies. It's too blinkies are when the highlights are blowing out. They're not necessarily really blowing out. The camera's giving an indication that there could be overexposure there. But if you shoot raw, you tend to have like one or two stops of information that's sort of hidden there. Right. Two stops is probably extreme. But let's say there's one stop of information. And you bring it into a program like Lightroom or Aperture or even Photoshop, and you can recover those highlights in there. And you'll see there's a lot of detail in there. So, yeah, don't just give up on the white skies. Or if you see it, if you see the blinkies, there could be information there. Yeah, darken um, it, darken it, and check just to see, and you might be surprised. Yeah. What's the shot that you were talking about? Um, I think it was one of that one of... Uh, Is it Greenwood? Yeah, Greenwood. With, uh-huh. the, with the hawk flying, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a favorite picture of mine of yours. Yeah, we'll post that in nice. the show notes so you can see. Maybe we can have the before and after. I'll see if I can post that so you can see the amount of information that we, we got from that shot. And that was a cloudy day, so... Uh-huh, yeah. It wasn't very sunny. That's actually a great time to go to graveyards, by the way, on cloudy days. Yeah, right. I mean, it just it makes so many different things. The city itself comes alive in a different kind of way. Yeah. Like you said, people will intentionally do it when they're filming in the city just because it's more interesting. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is foggy days. Foggy days, they're rare, at least for us around here. Uh-huh. But when the fog comes out, I am outside shooting. I'm running to the park or I'm shooting something in the fog. Yeah, that's a, that can be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so much fun having things emerge from it. Of course, that's another thing you have to watch out for post-production because sometimes you want to add some contrast to it. And when you do that, you get rid of the fog effect. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've done okay. that. I've, I brought in a picture into Lightroom and I just said automatic for the adjustments and it totally uh-huh. got rid of the fog. And it uh-huh. made it look like a really not good picture. So you want to always watch out for that. But... Part of the trick about shooting fog is that it can throw your light meter out for a whack. I mean, your, your light meter might want to underexpose the picture a little bit because of the fog, because there's all this white. So it's kind of like shooting against snow. 
Uh-huh. So you have to tend to overexpose a little bit so that you can get that whiteness back into the into the shot. But fog is fog is just a wonderful time to go shoot. Anything else? <laughs> just the general idea that inclement weather is your friend. Inclement weather is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> then then isn't it outclement weather? I mean, you <laughs> want to go out in the inclement weather. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, so the takeaway, you know, protect your gear. Oh, one thing I wanted to add before I forgot. This happened to me once. You know, be careful about shooting into the wind and the rain. I mean, two things will happen. First, you'll get water on your lens. And all that wind and water will probably push it into your camera, too. But if you, you have to check your lens a lot for spots of water. I once shot like a whole, I think it was last year, at the Mermaid Parade in Brooklyn. And someone sprayed water at my lens. But there mm-hmm. was one spot that I didn't clean off or I didn't even notice it. And I didn't notice it until I got back and processed it. That there was a spot of water and I threw a part of my picture out of focus. But I didn't see it through the viewfinder. Because it mm-hmm. wasn't really showing. It was only showing in the picture. After I stopped down my aperture and it created a higher depth of field. And when that happens, stuff that's on your lens gets sharper. That's a great so, point. Yeah, I, so I didn't I, see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. I had, I should have physically looked at the front of my lens and said, hey, you know, there's this crap on it. I should you know, yeah, clean it yeah. off. So that's something to be careful about. Absolutely. That is a great takeaway. Um, yeah. Keep it's good to have the you know a lens cleaning cloth as part of your gear and on rainy days definitely I mean no matter what I'm doing to protect my camera I usually don't have it wrapped in some kind of plastic I'm either under an umbrella or I have it just tucked under a jacket or something so that unless I'm actually shooting the lens is covered but even still as as you said you get it's so easy to get drops on there and not realize it till later. So I'm whenever it's raining and I'm shooting in the rain, I'm constantly glancing down at the actual lens cover itself and just making sure there's no drops on there. And there there always are. So I'm pretty much, you know, you're wiping it, you're shooting, you're mm-hmm. checking it constantly. And, you know, your camera, you have the the big Canon uh, 5D Mark II. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So your camera's weather sealed. So you you can actually go out in the rain a little bit and not worry about it getting into the mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Nikon is weather sealed too. It doesn't mean it's waterproof. It just means that you know, light drizzle is not going to kill your camera. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go out in a thunderstorm with it. But you got to pay attention to the you know what the camera specs tell you. If it's weather sealed, pay attention to that. It's not waterproof, but you can not flip out. You know if it's you know a few drops of rain or. Someone sprays something at you a little bit and you get a little wet. It's not going to go crazy. You want to dry it off, of course. Yeah. But you got to watch out for some of these other cameras. Like my Fuji is not weather sealed. Uh A lot of the mirrorless cameras are not weather sealed. And you don't want to get those wet at all. I mean, you really want to avoid that because the water will get in and ruin the equipment. So just pay attention to the equipment that you have and understand it uh, before you start going out into all these weather conditions to shoot. Because this stuff is expensive. But, I mean, you know, it shouldn't keep you from going out. Yeah, you know, yeah. Take you can always risk. use the trick of getting undercover somewhere and just shooting other people in the rain. Yeah, do a hobo thing like I did with a Ziploc bag. Another a, yeah. a great company that makes um, rain covers that are really cheap is called Optech, O-P-T-E-C-H. I have a couple of these things. They're really cheapo bags, and you can almost consider them disposable. I think there's like you can get like two or three, you know, two for six bucks. Huh. And you know, if you have a long lens, you can stick it in there. 
and you know stick it in your bag crumple it up and stick it on the bottom of it you know you get caught in the rain you just pull that thing out and wrap your camera up and you're still going yeah and oftentimes camera bags and camera backpacks will have built-in rain covers that sometimes you're not even aware of because they're so well hidden so if you're not uh if you don't know if you have one or not it's worth checking and they come in handy if you get caught in the rain even if you're not shooting you're just trying to get from point a to point b you can protect your gear with those things yeah yeah and maybe also get one of those umbrella hats too <laughs> that, that's what i want i really do I, you know i mean i don't care how stupid it, it was it's gonna look i'm just thinking that's the perfect solution it is the perfect solution they're the most ridiculous looking things and unfortunately they're too small you know you need like a golf umbrella. i know i was gonna that, say i, I need yeah. a custom built one yeah big golf umbrella that just fits on my head that would be perfect that would yeah, it would be perfect and you know what no one would probably notice, you know, you walk around the streets in New York, people are, people are wearing weirder things in New York. So, so who cares if you got an umbrella attached to your head? <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm making one. Okay. That's right. We'll put, we'll put a call out. Anybody who can, who can custom make us a, a golf umbrella with a head brace on it. You know, we're all for that. We'll, we'll Indiegogo yeah. it or something. Please get in, get in touch with us. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great to see like All six right, photographers Where with these things. Where can people find us? Yeah, six photographers wearing these things. All right. All right. So this is the end. Yeah. So where can we be found? Yeah. So look for us at our website, switchtomanual.com. There you can find all the stuff that we have. <laughs> and from there, you can get to us from, uh, you can get to us on Facebook and Flickr and Google Plus. We're all on those things. And we're on Twitter. We like Twitter. And on Twitter, we're at mm -hmm. switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. And yeah, we have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. And, you know, we're looking for suggestions mm -hmm. from everybody for shows and uh, feedback, please. If you listen to us on iTunes, please, please give us a review and feedback. We would love that. And it will help us. Uh, I don't know. Our ratings. We, we want ratings. Yeah. And, and there's a, a tip cup on the website or the podcast page. So if you want to throw us a little chump change to help us survive that would be greatly appreciated that would and we could buy a we could buy a beer <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could make my umbrella hat we could make the umbrella hat that's right <laughs> let's that's right a, a campaign for the umbrella hats all right the, the switch to manual umbrella hats we'll do that fantastic all right i think we yapped enough but it was good yep I guess that's yeah. it. Let's go out and shoot in the rain. Go out and shoot in the rain. All right. Well, it's getting sunny now, so we, we can't. We have to stay inside. All right, Tom. So, and everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, see you later. Adios.